If you would please, book of Psalms, chapter 1. I'd just like to read the verse, or, or the chapter, it's just a small chapter. And um, Psalms 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in the season. His leaf also shall not wither, <clears throat> and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly not so, but are like a chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. But the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. William H. Cook wrote a classic book on success, motivation, and the scriptures. And he said a right definition of success is imported from two sides, from the side of having God in it and from the side of having achievement in it. Most people I know think that what they achieve in life is what they define as success. But you can achieve all kinds of things in this life without God in it, and that's not success. Defining success without having God in the definition leaves man without the blessings of God upon his life. I was just sitting yesterday and thinking about the blessings of God upon my life. I do that quite often lately. And it's, it's a wonderful thing to look back on your life and look at how God has took care of you and watched over you and blessed you. And you have to stand and say, uh, if you've been through life like I've been, you have to look back on it and say, God done it. Because I sure couldn't do it. And I think we all come to that place that we're very blessed of God. Now, uh, having God in the life and still not achieving is adding insult to, to God because God knows more about success than we do. God knows more about man's needs than we do. God knows more about goal setting than we do, more about inner confidence than we do, more about power than we do, and more about planning life than man does. What brought all this to my attention, or one thing that brought it to my attention this week, was they're talking about closing down the schools for our kids again, especially in California and so on. And I heard one man talking about, Vic, can you imagine now if we closed down the schools for our kids learning, and then here's another group that has private schools, and they're not going to close those down. One man said it took $50,000 a year to send his kid, one his kids to private school. Now, I'm not talking about college. I'm just talking about regular school. And uh, when he was talking about that, he said, but look, he's closing down the whole state and causing children not to learn. Now, you think about this. I know that how hard it was for me to come from way back in the country of West Florida, I come to Tampa, and I missed a year. 
of school. They sent me back a year. That's why I'm behind all the all one year <laughs> in learning. But uh, I never I will forget the feeling, even as a little boy, of how everybody else was ahead of me. And they was in the second grade. Here I was in the first grade. And they was in the third grade. And it followed me all the way through school. The boys that I played football with, the boys that I played baseball and softball and, and sports with, they was in the grade above me. They was the big boys. But I was supposed to be up there with them. And how depressing it was, even as a boy at that age, of dealing with it. And I thought to myself, here we are and a man is going to close down the whole state of our kids going to school and not realizing what it's going to do to them because now they got to make up their learning and it's impossible to do. You can't catch up with that group that's been sent to private school and, and tutored and everything. They're way ahead of you. And it's very depressing. Now, but what we got to realize when you think about all of that is God's still in charge and God is the one that promotes uh, indeed, in looking back on my own life, I realize that book learning is great. Amen. I, I do. I, I appreciate every book I've ever got to read and study and the people that's behind it. But I'm going to tell you the truth. <clears throat> Today, you've got to be very careful who you read behind. But um, as you're reading behind and studying behind scholarly people in learning, and, and they've got all kind of ideas how for you to succeed in life. And most of it's about positive thinking. Now, I do know that positive thinking is good for you. Now, uh, not when it comes to salvation, positive thinking, you can't think your way into heaven. You can't scheme yourself into heaven. You've got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, period. And that's salvation. But... Uh, if, if you're always thinking negative things, even from your little child, right on up. That's one of the reasons I tell parents all the time, tell your children you're a good kid, you're, you're a sweet child, and tell them positive things. Don't down them all the time, because if you down them all the time, I've been around people that say you're no good, you're a rascal, you and, and you're going to end up in jail one of these days, and guess what they did? They ended up in jail. And that's because of negative thinking and negative putting in their minds all the time. Now, I know that there's great teachers out there on this positive thinking thing and how to prosper in life, but uh, if you try to do that without God in your life, you're not going to succeed. Not what the Bible says is prosperity. Now, God wants us to be prosperous. I know that because the Bible says so. Psalms 35, verse 27. Let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Now, I was brought up around some people that they thought that the preacher and Christians should be a poor bunch of people. They ought not to have money like those that's got money. Well, I got news for you. The Bible says that uh, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Psalms 1 verse 3. 
says all a child of God that put one first in his life puts God first in life. Listen to what it says. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So prosperity is not necessarily being rich. A lot of Christians have more money now than God can trust them with. <clears throat> and I, I've said this to myself a lot of times. I wish I had a million dollars I could serve the Lord better. You ever said that to yourself? You know, I'd like to pay off all the bills. I'd like to be able to help poor people. I'd like to be able, Lord, I, give me a million dollars. But I wonder sometimes, if God give me a million dollars, would I do that? Because I have seen people do exactly that. I know a lawyer, and I've told you this story many times, I won't go over it again, but I know a lawyer said, when I get to make my first million dollars, then I'll serve the Lord. Well, he made his million dollars, but he never served the Lord. Never has. And so what I'm trying to say, you sit around and wish for things that you say, I could do better. No. Now, prosperity is not necessarily being rich. Now, the Bible definition of prosperity is living a life of general welfare where God meets your needs and you enjoy His blessings. I do know this. God has met every need that I have in this life. Every one of them. Now, I didn't think he was going to sometimes, but he has. Every need that I have, he has met, and he's been a joy in my life. God's plan of prosperity is found in Proverbs 28, verse 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Now, the reason we don't prosper then is because we have unconfessed sins in our life. First John 1 John 1.9 is there for a purpose. The Bible says if we'll confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, if you read the Bible, you come up with one conclusion. We're all sinners. Whether you're saved or unsaved, you're still a sinner. I'm a sinner saved by God's grace. Amen? There are people that's not saved, and they're sinners also. But what we do find, we're all going to sin. But if you try to hide your sins from God, now I'm not talking about human beings, I'm talking about your relationship with God. If you try to hide your relationship with God in your sin, or your sins in your relationship with God, God said you won't prosper. You know why? Because God won't hear your prayers. God hears a confessed sinner's prayers. Now, the reason we don't prosper then is because we don't confess our sins to God. You want to prosper in this world, he that uncovereth his sins shall prosper. A wise man wrote this, Who who falls into sin is a human. He who grieves over his sin is a saint. He who boasts of his sin is a devil. And that's the truth. You take those three things. Now, I do know this. If you're a child of God, you can sin, but if you are a child of God, you will agree over sin, and it will do something, you'll do something about it. Rene Pasco wrote this, There are two kinds of men, the righteous who believe themselves sinners, the rest sinners who believe themselves righteous. The Bible says, He that covers his sins shall not prosper. This is a principle throughout the Bible. David is an example of that. 
Now, I guess I, if there's a character in the Bible that I study more than any other, it's David. I study his life from his youth right on through. And David is an example of this principle. David was a child of God. David sinned with Bathsheba. David had her husband Uriah killed. Yet the Bible says David loved God deeply. But David tried to cover his sins. Turn with me now to Psalm 51 a minute. Psalm 51, and look at verse 1. Psalm 51, verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sins. I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee the only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. I was talking to a man on the phone, and uh, he said, Now, preacher, I believe that when you do something wrong, you've got to get up before people and confess all that you've done wrong. I said, don't you do that because of this simple reason. We're human beings. We'll remember it. You tell me you don't like me, I'll never forget it. <laughs> Amen? I, don't, I might forgive you, and I say, I, I, Lord, I, can, I, I forgive them for whatever they've done to me. But you'll never forget it because it's still up there. Right. And you can't get rid of it. It's there. But... Notice what the Bible said. I told this man, and I believe with all my soul, sin is not against human beings. Sin is against God. Doing unrighteous acts is against people. We do things that's terrible against people. But actually, sin itself is only one that you can sin against. That's God. Listen to what David said. I acknowledge my transgression... My sin is ever before me. Against thee, the only have I sinned and done this evil. See, David said, my sin is against God. So, if when a person is convicted of the Holy Spirit, I'm talking to Christians now, when a Christian is convicted of the Holy Spirit, he's done something wrong against somebody, who's he supposed to go to? He's supposed to get on your knees before God and confess that sin before God. Because if you try to cover it, you say, well, nobody knows it, and I'm, I'm not going to acknowledge it. I'll just keep on going. Well, you ain't going to prosper. The Bible says so. David felt dirty, and he was dirty. David pleads with God, wash me, cleanse me, so we know then that sin defiles and sin dirties. Now, if you can sin and not feel dirty... I believe you're not saved then. Just that simple. I'm not saying you can't sin. I'm saying if you can sin and not feel dirty, something wrong. Now, notice covered sin, number one, dirty is the soul. Number two, unconfessed sin dominates the mind. Now watch verse 3 of Psalm 51. Psalm 51 again in verse 3. For I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is ever before me. If there's one thing that the Bible teaches, and I know it's true, 
If you sin against somebody, you sin against God, it's there all the time. It's right there before you all the time. You can go about your work, you can go about whatever you're doing, but it's right there before you all the time. And it's a hindrance to you. David's sin, my sin, is ever before me. Thirdly, unconfessed sin depresses the heart. Look at Psalm 51 now, and uh, verse 8 with me. Psalm 51, verse 8. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Now, notice again, uh, if you would please, Psalms 33. Back up just a little bit with me. Psalms 33, look at verse 3 and 4. Psalms 33, verse 3 and 4. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Now, the book of Proverbs has a lot to say about how to be healthy. For instance, Proverbs 17, verse 22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Now watch this. When joy flees away, your medicine is sapped then. The Bible says joy is good for you. Just have joy all the time. The joy of the Lord is a tonic then for the heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Now, if there's one thing the Bible goes and talks to us about all the time, you, you show me somebody, I can, I can give you a for instance, and, and if I mention their name, you'd know who I'm talking about, so I won't go into that. But what I want to show you something, uh, every time I've ever seen this person and come in contact with them, they've got something to say about somebody else and down somebody else and problems in their life. I have never seen this person uh, smiling and having a good time. I mean, I don't, I don't understand that. I just don't understand it. I believe you could give her a good lollipop; she wouldn't enjoy it. I mean, I mean, it's just, just that way. She just, you can't get her to enjoy nothing, no matter how you try. I've sat and listened to this person over and over again, and tried to encourage them, and trying to get them to think right and do right in their mind, and they're not going to do it. Oh, you don't understand. Yeah, but God does. And you know what the Bible says? You show me a person like that and they'll have health problems. Because the Bible says a merry heart. You know what that is? Don't have nothing between you and God. Whatever it is. Don't have anything. It's not confessed. Get it out. Get it out before you and God. Get a merry heart. Man, I want to lay my head down at night and go to sleep. Amen. And just have peace and joy in my heart. And as far as I know in my heart right now, I have nothing against nobody. And as far as I know, anybody don't have anything against me. If they do, don't tell me. Amen? Because I want to have a little joy in my heart, soul, and spirit. Now, here's God's formula for prosperity. Go with me now to Proverbs uh, uh, 1. Proverbs 1 for just a minute. Let me find it real quick. Proverbs 1, and look at verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, God's formula for prosperity is, number one, never reject wisdom. 
never reject wisdom. Did you know what I learned? There's a lot of people come up to me a lot of times and say, how do you know how to uh, do carpenter work? How do you know how to lay blocks? How do you know how to, and now something that I'm doing at the time, I cut down a big tree this week, and, and my neighbors, they come over to my house. Some got into one of my big trees over late and killed the thing. And I went over and cut it. They said, if you'll cut it down, my grandson will hold it off for you. I said, good deal. And they said, how are you going to lay it down? How are you going to get it down without it hitting your house? I said, I know how to lay that thing right down where I want it to go. And they all gathered around and watched me cut it down. And then you know what? They come over and then the next question was, how did you learn how to do that? You know how I learned? By watching somebody knew what they're doing. I watch people lay blocks. I watch people do carpentry. I watch people it, it does uh, cutting woodwork and all kind of things. And I learned from those old great-headed people that had learned from their forefathers and so on. I learned from them that had wisdom. Now listen very carefully. Never reject wisdom. Now that's human wisdom. But the other part that makes you more uh, prosperous is God is wisdom. Now listen, if somebody goes contrary to this Word of God, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to do what the Word of God says. That's wisdom. Don't reject the Word of God. Period. Whatever the Word of God says, don't reject it. And you'll prosper. Never ridicule righteousness. Proverbs 14. Now, stay with me. Let's go through Proverbs for just a minute. I'll show you something. Proverbs 14. And look with me, please, in verse 9. Verse 9. Fools make a mock of sin, but among the righteous there is favor. Now notice, never re ridicule righteousness. In other words, God says when somebody is doing right, don't make fun of them. When they say, I, I don't do that. How many of you, when you were a teenager especially, Everybody's handing you a cigarette or handing you some kind of dope or I want you to drink something and I want you to go places you knew better to go to and, and you said, no, I don't do that. And they would laugh at you. They'd make fun of you because you didn't do it. Well, now, what does the Bible call them? The Bible calls them fools, see? And if you want to, if you want to prosper, don't make fun of that. That's God's way. That's righteousness. Number three, never rejoice in sin. Proverbs 15. Now, Proverbs 15, look at with me in verse 20. Proverbs 15, verse 20. A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. I go down to verse 21. Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom, but a man of understanding walketh uprightly. What that is simply saying is never rejoice in sin. You, every one of us can get into sin. No doubt about that. But don't come away rejoicing about it and thinking that you're going to prosper because you're not. Sin has a payday. Amen? Yeah, here's how prosperity works. Remember you can be taught. I don't care how old you are. You can learn something. You can always be taught. Number two, remember you learn by example. Proverbs 19.25 
Smiter's Corner, and the simple will beware. One of my favorite little things I found, and I know it's true, <laughs> is a mother uh, reported to a, a, a little boy's teacher. Now, John is nervous. If he misbehaves, you slap the boy next to him, and Johnny will straighten up. And every time I read that thing, I know that that's true. Now, if you, if God, if if you get into trouble, and uh, you and here's another guy gets in trouble, and God does something to that other person, and you know there's a chastisement of God, and you look at their life and you say, "Wait a minute, Lord, I don't want you to slap me." Amen. Have at it with him, but leave me alone. In other words, what it's saying is you'll straighten up when you see the chastisement of God on somebody else. And that's the truth, brother. If I've learned one thing, it's that, Lord, I've seen what you can do to somebody that misbehaves. I don't want that to happen. Now, my brother was a believer in enjoying now and don't worry about the principle, the consequences later. He used to tell me we'd sleep in the, slip in the movies and go to the movies and, and the movies last an hour or so and he said a whipping only lasts a few minutes. And I said, well, I don't like the whipping. <laughs> Amen. But at the same time, now one more verse and I'll quit. Proverbs 21. Please. Proverbs 21 and look with me in verse 11. Proverbs 21, verse 11. When the scorner is punished, the simple is made wise. And when the wise is instructed, he receiveth knowledge. That's just what I was saying. What we ought to do is be aware of how God chastises different people over things that you're thinking about getting into. And it'll keep you from doing it. And that's how you prosper. Ask God to bless you. And I don't want to go through what I've seen people go through. Amen? And that's a prosperous person. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, would you bless the coming hour. Lord, we're excited about just being in this place with your people. When we think about what's going on all across this country right now, people can't even go to church, can't even assemble, be one another. We thank you for the very privilege of being here. For your people. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Which one?